to begin, the recording to begin. So let's turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 21, as we're going to look this morning as your will be done. Your will be done. Talking about the Lord and uh, talking about His will to be done in and through our lives. So Acts chapter 21, I hope you have a copy of God's Word. And uh, we're going to be reading just the first 14 verses this morning. And uh, I want us to see what the Lord is doing in and through the life of the Apostle Paul and what he's doing in the life of the church. Of course, we want to relate this to us of how it is relatable to you and I today. Uh, how, how can this be applicable to us? Again, the only reason that we have gone through the book of Acts is so that we can see what church is all about, how we should act as a church. And the more and more and more, I, I, I'm sorry that I'm on social media. Uh, I, it, I, I see a lot of things. I read a lot of things. And I, I actually I see and, and read a lot of things from churches and from church people. And, uh, you know, there's a way to go about to minister to this world. And I think there's a, a, a clear right way that the Bible shows us. And I think there's some clear wrong ways. There's probably a lot of gray areas of how we can minister to people. But, you know, we should be a people that are going out there and really and really being about the gospel, being about not what I want to get across to somebody, not pushing my agenda but of me, of just allowing the Lord, being, preaching Christ and Him crucified. Knowing that, yeah, people, it, it, is a, it is a road that we're on and just a natural road that we're on that will lead to destruction. And there's a way to preach that. There's a way to talk about those things. But for me, listen, I want people to experience and know the Lord Jesus Christ, not just to be a fire, ins fire insurance, as we may say, but I want people to, ha to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ because I know whenever I'm going through my daily routine and I'm going through my daily struggles, whether it's me personally or it's me between me and my, me and my spouse or when it's me between me, uh, between me and my uh, family or me when it comes to my friends or me when it comes to my job, when it comes to all of these things, I am very thankful and I know I need the Lord in my life, in a relationship with Him. I cannot imagine going through this life right here where I'm at today and not having that relationship with God in my life. Because I know I'd be lost, I know I'd be struggling, I know I'd be trying to figure those things out on my own, and I'm not built for those things. I don't have those things in in and through me. And so I need a relationship with God. And so whenever I come in contact with a friend and when I come in contact with a relative, when I come in contact with a coworker, I want them to experience the things that are in my life, not because of who Garen is, but because of the spirit of God that is inside of me. And so I want that for other people. And so that's where, that's where I, uh, I want us to see as we look into this passage of scripture this morning, as far as the Lord's will to be done. And so as we look, and I want to read through this passage of Scripture, and I'll stop along the way um, uh, as, as I, we're going to be reading through these uh, 14 verses. Uh, we need to understand really clear that Paul has been just preaching the gospel. 
He has been just preaching the gospel. He's been setting up these different churches at these different places, these different locations. And he's just been loving on people and starting these new works and putting churches together. And he'd go on to the next place, even through persecution and trials, that he was doing all of these things for the work of the Lord. I'm reminded of one time that we saw in the book of Acts uh, where Paul is dead set that he's going to go to this next place. And God shows him in a vision. God shows him uh, that and he really stops him in his tracks that, Paul, I don't want you going there, but I want you going here. And so Paul is trying to do all the things that God is wanting him to do. And so, like I said, for the churches, they're all about just reaching people for the gospel, for them to understand who Christ is and so that they could have a relationship with God. And so Paul now He's kind of at the end of his life. He's getting close. He's getting older in age. Uh, he's really he's he's beaten up. He's worn down. And we saw last week when uh, Brother Jake was preaching that he was there in this place of Ephesus. And he was there not only ministering to those believers in Ephesus, which I believe was a very, very good church that these that people that he poured into and he poured out, he poured out so much of himself to them. And then he meets with the elders of the church of, of Ephesus and he's just there with them. He's ministering to them. They're encouraging him and he's in, he's being encouraged. He's encouraging them and they are encouraging the Apostle Paul. And so he leaves that place and now he is dead set. He is dead set on going to this next location. He's going back to Jerusalem. Now, you remember what Jerusalem is and what it's all about. Jerusalem was with where the day of Pentecost happened, happened okay? And I, I don't want to take that for granted. I'll, bear with me for just a second. That when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he stayed on the earth for 40 days. Everybody with me? And then after that 40 days, the Bible tells us that he ascended up into heaven. I always think, growing up in church, that that was something that was really missed a lot, uh, is the 40 days that Jesus was on the earth. Because I grew up, Ron, with the old felt board, okay? I grew up with the old felt board. And uh, I don't know why I picked on Ron. I should really be picking on somebody else over here. But anyway, there was an old felt board. Uh, I, you know, there was a lady like Miss Lori that was in that children's church class. And she would put on the felt board a little, a little uh, uh, Jesus after the resurrection on the felt board. And uh, well, he put him on a dot on the cross and then him raising from being raised from the dead on the felt board. And then you would see another little picture of him starting to ascend into heaven. And it was like there was no real talk of the 40 days that Jesus was here on the earth. But he was here 40 days after he arose from the grave. It's clearly set out in scripture that he was here 40 days. And so he ascends up into heaven. He gives his disciples the great commission. And then he sends, uh, sends up into heaven. And, uh, and so now, 10 days after he ascends up into heaven, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God came down to rest on to the believers. And so the Holy Spirit came down and baptized the believers with his Spirit. And so now that if you are a believer, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And so that was the day of Pentecost. And so that was on the 50th day after the Lord died on the cross for our sins. And so that all happened in this city of Jerusalem. It was prophesied that it was going to happen there. It did happen there. That's why Jesus told his disciples to wait here in Jerusalem for the spirit of God to come upon you. And so that is where the church was born. That is where the New Testament church was born. And then they started to spread out throughout all of the known world. And Paul was that man to really get the gospel out 
to the world. And that's what he was doing. Now he's journeying back to Jerusalem. I've said it three times, so now let me actually read this time in verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass that when we, we had departed from them and set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kos. The following day to Rhodes and from there uh, Patera. And finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had sighted Cyprus, we passed it on the left, sailed to Syria, and landed in Tyre. For there the ship was about to unload her cargo. All it's telling us right here is different cities that Paul is going to. He's, he's loading up on one ship, getting up on another ship, waiting for the cargo to get off so that they can continue to sail on. And so it's telling us all these uh, destinations. And in this place of Tyre, in verse 4, it tells us he finds disciples there. As they're waiting for everything to uh, happen on this ship, he goes in and he finds disciples. And, it, and it's kind of interesting. It kind of in, in commentaries, it tells us that it, it, it apparently in this place, the gospel had had gone there because of Paul setting up these churches. And it was important for these churches to go out and reach other cities uh, all, all around them. And so when Paul goes to this particular place, he has to go out and find the disciples. I don't think he was easily found there uh, in, this, in this city called Tyre. And so he's finding disciples and he stays there with those disciples seven days. And so Paul, he goes and he finds people who are just like him, people who have heard the gospel, people that he has a something in common with probably the only thing that he has in common with is that these people and the Apostle Paul and the people that are traveling with the Apostle Paul had the Holy Spirit of God on them and so listen even you think about this crowd this morning I know people in here this morning that have come from Sulphur, people that have come from Singer, people that have come from uh, Ragley area, people that have come, uh, of course, from De Quincey. And there's not a lot of things that would bring this particular group together this morning besides the bond of the Holy Spirit. But the bond of even these relationships that we have with one another. And so that is the thing that, should, uh, that we should be bound together with is the Holy Spirit. And let me just say something when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. I don't think there's a, a Holy Spirit that is for the, just necessarily for the preacher. I don't believe there's a Holy Spirit for uh, or, or, or not only a Holy Spirit, but for uh, guidelines uh, uh, for just the pastor and for the people who are leading worship or the person that's in charge of our children. I believe the Holy Spirit has a mandate on each and every believer to do the things that God wants that person to do. Let me say that a little clearer, okay? And in other words, look, it's important for me to have the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's important for me to be growing in the Lord. Growing in the Lord, maturing in the Lord. Let that mind, my mind be wrapped around what God wants for me in my life. In other words, it's important for me to be growing in the Lord. And if you say you're a believer this morning, it's important for you to be growing in the Lord. Uh, we shouldn't look like we have been over the last uh, weeks, uh, last months, the last years. We should be growing and maturing in the Lord. It's not good enough for me to do that. Uh, just me, and it's not good enough for just you. It's important for all of us to be growing in the Lord. And so we all need that in our life. And so that is what it's telling us, I believe, in verse 4, is that these people had this common, uh, this thing in common, which was the Holy Spirit. And Paul stays with them for seven days. They should have had a lot to talk about. Well, this is what God is doing in my life. This is what should be on our tongue. 
Not in a churchy way, but in a real way of like, you know what? I'm falling and I'm messing up. I was talking to somebody yesterday and it was just unbelievable that he didn't think that I was just some person that was uh, uh, rambunctious and a person that was just silly and got in trouble. And uh, Mr. Mr. Neal, I'm going to say Mr. Neal at this point because I'm going to address him as a principal. Mr. Neal would not have liked me as a high school student, okay? And so if I were to, I told somebody yesterday, that's why I hang my hat in Calcasieu Parish, not in Beauregard Parish, okay? And so it's because my poor mom, she works at a, she works at a, 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 a doctor's office in DeRitter, and she would see some of my old teachers come in. She would see some of my old uh, school administration come in, and they, uh, one lady told her one time, she goes, uh, uh, what is your son Garen doing? And this was a handful of years ago, and she said, well, he's, he, you know, he's preaching, and he's doing all that. She goes, wow. She goes, uh, when did he start getting into church? And my mom just, her jaw dropped because she raised me in church, you understand? And I had, I'd been in church for a long time. And so the thing is, like, for, uh, for, for me, uh, the fact that people don't think that I had this kind of crazy wild side or this, uh, this sinful nature just inside of me just kind of allows my jaw to drop a lot of times. I'm thankful that people don't see me in that regard today. But if you don't think, if you don't think that my life is crazy. It just inside of me. Let me not put my family in this bubble of mine right now. Just me. Uh, I'm telling you, there's a lot of uh, sinful uh, struggles that I have in my life each and every day. There's a lot of things that when it comes to me and my wife, if, if it comes between you and your spouse, let me tell you something. Those things are coming up between me and my spouse. Same thing. Same uh, root of those issues are happening in my life or happening in your life or vice versa. And the same thing when it comes to our children, when the same thing when it comes to our professions, all of these things are happening. I am not, Jake is not immune to these things. And so th uh, for us, as we're growing and maturing in the Lord, let it not be in a churchy way, but in a real, real relationship way to experience and talk about the things that are happening in our life. Yeah, you know, me and my wife, we got into a fight or this is what's happening with me and my kids. They're going and doing these things. And I'm, I'm searching. I'm asking the Lord for the Lord to give me answers, the Lord to give me direction so that I can know what to do and what not to do. And I believe that this should, this should be on our hearts and on our minds. Let's continue on because I'm, I'm going along here. Verse 4 says, at the end of verse 4, they told Paul through the Spirit, not to go to Jerusalem. Paul was dead set that he was going to Jerusalem. And these believers, after having this common thing with Paul, which is the Spirit, and you see it there at the end of verse 4, they say, in the Spirit, not just because of, Paul, we want you to stay here with me. It wasn't a personal thing. They're looking at Paul's best interest in the Spirit. They say, Paul, please do not go to Jerusalem. They know what's lying ahead for him at Jerusalem. If you, if, and I, we're, this morning we're covering chapters 21 through 24. I'm not going to get into all that this morning. Uh, but it's Paul making his way to Jerusalem. And if you were to read the rest of the chapters, you're going to see Paul's going to find himself in jail. Paul's going to find himself uh, being accused of all kinds of things uh, in his ministry when he's making his way to Jerusalem. And these believers who he just basically met over a week, they're telling him and pleading with him, Paul, do not go to Jerusalem. 
And so for us, how does this relate to you and I? How does this relate to Monday? How does this relate to Wednesday? And how does it relate to months down the road in our life? There's sometimes, listen, for us in our, in our lives, we're just convinced that this is what God wants us to do. You know, I'm praying about a situation. I, I said uh, to you a little while ago, whether it's something between me personally or me and my spouse or me and my children. And uh, let's say I made a decision for my children. Uh, this year, we made a decision for our schooling, for our children of where they were going to be at for school. And uh, after a couple of months in, in school, you, you start to, you know, reality of it was this the right decision. You may have done that for a job. You may have gone into a new job situation and said, you know what, is this the right decision after you have been in that job for a few weeks or a few months? And you're just like, you start to question, you start to look at those different things. And for me, what I try to tell people is you, you can't just rely on circumstances. When you look in the Bible, I'm reminded of, of a, a time in the Bible when someone questioned the Lord. When someone questioned the Lord, Lord, if this is really you speaking, if this is really you speaking, then Lord, please show me in different areas. And, and that was Gideon. That's who I'm referring to. Show me in different areas. And the Lord showed him in another area. And he says, if it's really you, Lord, then show me another time. And if it's really you, show me another time. And the Lord, for some reason, played that, I don't want to say game, but did that for him. For him to see another time uh, that uh, uh, Zacharias there in the New Testament with uh, John the Baptist's daddy, he questioned the Lord, Lord, if this is really you, then this. And the Lord allowed him to be mute, couldn't speak until John the Baptist's birth came along. And so you can't just be wrapped up in circumstances. You can't just be wrapped up in, and Lord, show me a sign. But you need to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what is it? Even when I've made this decision... And tough times are happening. Lord, is it time for me just to tuck tail and run? Or is it to me to, for me to dig in and, and to uh, uh, just dive in even deeper in this situation to uh, make it work? We've got to figure out what is the Lord doing in and through our lives. It has to be bigger than a feeling. It has to be bigger than just our circumstances. And so Paul is there with a, with a he's there at a crossroads. He is dead set that he needs to take the gospel back to Jerusalem. Let me be clear, too, Paul tells us, and there's a lot of evidence in this later if we were to get into it, but he's going to Jerusalem to give them a love gift. He's bringing money to them, to these Jewish believers in Jerusalem, that he had taken uh, basically an offering from all the non-Jewish churches, all these Gentile churches, and Paul wants to go and hand deliver this gift to them. Somebody else could have brought that gift. Paul's wanting to bring this gift, and he knows he wants to go to Jerusalem because he has a task there as well. Not just the financial gift, but other things. And so he has believers standing there before him, and they tell him, Paul, do not go. So Paul is at a crossroads in his life. Do I listen to the counsel that's around me? Is God's counsel greater than these people's counsel in love and in the spirit? And who do I need to listen to? And Paul had to dig deep. When all the other noise was around him, he needed to see what was the Lord's will in his life to be done. A lot of times we have these people like the Apostle Paul and Peter and all these other people in the Bible on this huge pedestal, as I was describing myself earlier. We have them a lot of times in a huge place in a bubble again to just being like, you know what? They were not human like you and I. They were not going through the same things you and I were going through 
and they were. Paul, Paul had a flesh just like you and I. And so for him to figure out, do I need to listen to these people and hear this counsel, which many times is what you need to do. But Paul had to listen to the counsel of the Lord greater than anyone else. If you're still with me, at least nod this morning. Amen. All right. Our verse five says, when we, when, when, when we had come to the end of those days, we departed and went on our way. And they all accompanied us with, with wives and children uh, till we were out of the city and we knelt down on the shore and prayed. And so Paul is there. He kneels down with them on the shore. They pray together. And when he had taken and when we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship and we returned home. And so they're making their way back home. It says when they had finished and when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Pomeas, greeted the brethren and stayed with them one day. And so they make their way to this new place of Pomeas. They finish their voyage away from Tyre. And so I love that as they are leaving that city of Tyre, that they sit there on the shore, everybody's together, and they pray for one another. It is so important, before we get to our next place, it is so important that we lift up one another in, in prayer. It's so important. And I'm going to go ahead and dismiss our kids, second grade through up right now, if you don't mind, quietly walking through that door and go to the gym. And so uh, whenever we see this, we see them gather around and pray. Now, if I can do one thing well for you, if I can do one thing that's good for you and your family, I hope that I could be faithful in the area of prayer for you. If you send me a message this week, if you send me a message this week and just saying, Garen, I'm praying for you, this is what it tells me. You know, that the Lord put you on, put me on your mind. You think about all the things that are going through our minds daily and for you to stop and for the Lord to put that on your heart and your mind, me, whether I need it in that moment in a place of, of concern and care or I just need it out of a place of encouragement but to know that the Lord has not forgotten me, the Lord is looking out for me and he's using you to lift me up to him in prayer is just a great thing. And so I believe that these people, when they came together, they said, Paul, yes, you're going on your way. And they didn't say to him, basically, good luck because you're going to find yourself in a mess. But they prayed for him that God would give him the strength, that God would give him the things that he needs to be able to endure whatever he's coming against in his life. The Christian life is not always easy, but the reason I encourage us and want us to have a relationship with God is because even when it comes through tough times and situations in our life, to know that the Lord could give us the strength and the power to go through these difficult situations. So may we continue to encourage each other in the Lord. Verse 8 says, on the next day, after they stayed there in Palmaeus in one day. It says, on the next day when we, uh, we who were with Paul's uh, companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now listen, I know, I know you didn't get that this morning, right? You didn't get that in verse 8. Because if you would got that this morning, I think we would have really uh, got to a place of, of encouragement and a place of just kind of a little shout this morning. I know we're a pretty white congregation this morning, right? My people back home, my Native American people would be mad at me for saying that 
you know, including me in a white congregation, right? But uh, for me, listen, we kind of missed it this morning when we, when we read that verse in verse 8. Because if you knew a little bit about what I just read, if we knew a little bit about uh, what we just read, that's 20 years in the making. You think about somebody that you have either wronged or have been in a situation where, you know what, it's just a bad relationship between me and this person. And for 20 years later, for this person to invite you in their home, is that a situation for you? Is there anybody you can think of that you just have a just a really just kind of a bad or ugly situation? Hopefully it's remedied by now. Hopefully it's not in a bad place anymore. But maybe you still have one or maybe you even understand what I'm talking about. But to be very just to be a little bit clearer in verse eight, Philip, the evangelist, was one of the seven, it tells us one of the seven. Now, you remember early on in the book of Acts, there was there was a complaint that came against the the preachers of the church. Right. And so it comes against Peter and the rest of the rest of the apostles, the rest of the disciples, that there was a group in the church that was being neglected. And so Peter and the rest of the disciples, the apostles, they say to the congregation, basically, uh, uh, name seven people that are full of faith, that are full of the Holy Spirit, that would be a good service for them. He says, why is it, why, it would not be important, it would not be good, I should say, for us as the preachers, he's, Peter says, for us to leave the preaching of God's word to go and serve tables. They're not neglecting, they're not saying that it's a bad thing uh, uh, for them to go and serve tables, but it's just saying, listen, if we do that, then who's going to preach the gospel to the people? They need both. And so go out and find you seven men that, are, that can do this job according to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they call these seven men. One of these seven men was Philip the evangelist. Another one of these guys, can you name one of them? Who's the main one? Who? I thought I heard somebody. I heard, I heard a sermon this week. I heard a sermon this week. A, a preacher, he, was, he had been gone for two months. It was uh, kind of a thing that the church gave him for being at the church for such a long time. And he got up on the first sermon back from his two months. And he said, and he gave him 10 questions at the start of his message. And he just asked them these 10 questions. Name four of the 12 disciples. He said, who was the first king of Israel? Anybody want to tell me who the first king of Israel was? Saul. Thank you very much. Before somebody else said David. Right. And so it was Saul. And so he went through these 10 questions. And the reason is he said to them, he said, listen, it's my job to teach you the scripture. It's my job to present God's word to you and for you to have the taste of God's word. And so for you to go home and to study it for yourself and for you to learn, for you to get to know God's word. And if you're not receiving that and getting that, then we are falling short as a church. And maybe you're falling short of going home and studying and knowing God's word. There's nothing more important in our life than knowing this book. Okay, and so the reason I kind of said that is for us. Listen, we talked about this in the early part of the book of Acts. The main guy was his name was Stephen. His name was Stephen. And Stephen, he was there uh, that just started uh, as one of the seven. And he started presenting the gospel and the Jewish people despised him. They hated him. And so what they do to Stephen, they put him there in, in the in, outside of the city and they stoned him. 
And you remember this in the book of beginning of the book of Acts, Acts chapter what seven, and the heavens open. You see the you see at the right hand of the throne of God, the Lord God Himself, the Lord Jesus, standing up, and in in uh, in praise to what what Stephen was doing, and it tells them that the people that were stoning Stephen, they laid their coats at Paul's feet because Paul was an enemy of the Lord at that particular time. And so Stephen knew Paul well, and this man Philip knew Paul well. He knew Paul as a murderer. He knew Paul as a, as a Christian killer. And 20 years later, we see Paul staying at this man's house in verse 8. Now listen, Philip and Stephen, I'm telling you, I just believe this with all my heart, were close friends in the Lord. I just believe that. And when he saw his friend dying because of being faithful to the Lord, and the man who was also responsible for his death, 20 years later, he's coming to his house and he welcomes him there. What a place of restoration. What a place of reconciliation between these two. And the only thing that brings these two people together is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God that lives inside of both of these men where they can say, come on in and be a part of what's going on in my home. And so it tells us here, it continues on in verse 9, Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied, verse 10, And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet, prophet named uh, Agabus. Now we heard Agabus in Acts chapter 11. Paul and Agabus had done a work together. It says that Agabus came down from Judea. Verse 11, when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt. Here's Agabus. He takes Paul's belt. This is pretty interesting to me. And he bound his own hands and feet and said, thus says the, says the Holy Spirit. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. He said, listen, I'm going to take this belt. I'm going to bound. I'm going to bound you with this belt. And he says, listen, I'm telling you by the spirit of God, if you go to Jerusalem that the man who owns this belt, which is Paul, he says they are going to bound you this way. They are going to tie up your hands, tie up your feet if you were to go to Jerusalem. And listen, let me tell you something. When we talk about the will of God, and, and I told you a while ago, I've been uh, just reminiscing a lot. I've been thinking a lot about us and us starting this church. I told you even uh, two weeks ago that people looked at us. They told us we were crazy. Uh, you know, Paul, he's, when he was wanting to start that church at Ephesus and he was wanting to start that church in Corinth, uh, it made a lot of uh, sense in the region. It made a lot of sense as far as commerce and as far as trade. It made a lot of sense to start churches in these big metropolitan uh, cities uh, because there was going to be a lot of people there. And so for us to start the church in a heavily populated play, uh, heavily populated church population, I should say, uh, and for not having that many people uh, as far as in the regular population, uh, it, it would be foolish. And when we looked and we prayed and we knew where our heart was and we knew what God was telling us that he wanted us to do, even though it didn't make a lot of sense as far as maybe to other people. We knew God was specifically telling us this is what he wanted us to do. We knew in going into that that there would be trouble. 
We knew that there would be hardship. We knew that there would be talk. We knew there would be a lot of conversation in the negative against us personally. Whenever I thanked our wives earlier, the reason I was thanking them is because they sacrificed a lot. They sacrificed even walking through town and knowing, you know what, there's, there's Dardar and, you know, Jake Rainward, a little Jakey and, and, and Dardar that they don't really know too much about. But apparently they started a church and, and uh, you know, good luck to them and all of those different things. And, and, you know, with all of that, are you still going to do what God is telling you to do? You know, for us, I, I remember when we were going to have our fifth child, we, we really... Uh, she's not going to hear this. It's going to be years before she hears it. But you know what? We didn't want a fifth child. We didn't want it. Uh, the appointment uh, after the fourth child uh, had not been made. I don't know who didn't schedule that appointment faster. But, uh, but anyway, boom, here comes number five. Here comes number five. And the Lord just really kind of shut us up. The Lord just kind of put us in a place where, you know what, we didn't really talk about it. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to ask a lady if she's pregnant. But after not telling no one for five months, uh, people started asking Lisa, are you pregnant? Okay. People started asking, are you pregnant? And it's like, okay, I think it's time we start telling people that we're pregnant. We held it for that long from our family, from our friends and all of these, everybody. Okay. We held it from everybody. And we finally started to tell people because we knew what was going to come. You know what causes that, right? We knew it would be like, uh, okay, at what point enough's enough? The Duggars were really popular at that time, too. Are y'all trying to get another show on TLC, right? Uh, I mean, all of these things we knew were going to come, but are we going to be faithful to God? Did God want us to have this child? What is God trying to show us through these things? And so even when things are tough, and we couldn't imagine what we've gone through over this last year as far as conversation, it's even more than what we thought it was going to be. But let me tell you something, doing what God wants you to do is better to do what God wants you to do than not doing it. It's important for us to just be faithful to God in those areas. And Paul does it even though it was laid out in front of him, trouble was going to come. And what I'm saying to us a while ago, I think we have an imagination looking forward of what the trouble is going to be. But when we get really in the middle of those troubles... And those hard times, it's even worse than our imagination even showed us beforehand. And so for us, as we continue on in verse 12, it says, Now, when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go to Jerusalem. They're pleading with him. Verse 13, then Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? Paul's human. Do you understand? Paul's human. And he's saying, you're killing me. You're killing me here. He says, you're breaking my heart for I am, he says, for I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul said, it's not just for the people at Jerusalem. It's not, be, it's not to just bring a love gift to the people of Jerusalem. It's not for all those things. It's for me to glorify God. And it's either, either through my life or through my death. Like, I'm going to do it. You're, you're killing me here. You're telling me all the things I'm fixing to go through. And I understand that. And I've come to that realization. And Paul says, but I'm ready. I'm ready to just to do what God wants me to do. And so for me, I was thinking uh, over the last couple days, I've said so much about other people around. But for you, you know, it's one, it's one thing to be the crazy person. 
But to have people come to church where the crazy person is preaching, you're even crazier, okay? And so, look, the fact that you come and you're here, it means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to Jake. It means a lot to so many of us that are involved here. Because, listen, even though through those, when you look at it, it's small things in comparison to I look forward, I desire, I'm thankful for the place that I believe is different. I believe we're going to see more of ourselves of how we're different. There's a lot of good churches. Let me say this really clear. There is a lot of really good churches in De Quincey. There's a lot of good ministers in De Quincey. There's people that you wouldn't think of that encourage us as a church. Other churches in De Quincey. Not everybody's against. People are for. And so what I say is there's a lot of people that our church won't be able to minister to. Maybe it's stuff through their kids that they're looking for ministries. We have a lot of kids, but for us, we really want to be able to help mamas and daddies to be the mamas and daddies that they need to be to their children. We want to be able to help adults to be able to, like I said, to live their lives, to go back to their homes and deal with the things that they need. If you're coming because of our gymnasium, we only rent it out on Sunday mornings, okay? It's not ours the rest of the week. Uh, if you come in here to, to, uh, because you say, you know what, they have a pretty church and I can't wait to get married in their church. Lord help you. You're not going to get married in this church, okay? And so we don't have those things to offer you, but I pray that through the Spirit of God, God is the one that can do these things. And we're going to, I want our desires to us to be a church that we're going to be able to minister a group of people that haven't been ministered to in this area and in De Quincey. That's why I don't see ourselves as a rival to other churches. I hope you don't see that. And so the thing that brought them together was the Spirit of God. God's Spirit is so strong, can do 10 times more, way more than that, than we could ever imagine. And I promise you I'm done. Is, and I'll continue. But anyway, I was thinking about my neighbor. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, Hear me out through the whole story because I'm going to brag on myself for just a second. So I'll lose my blessing, right? That's how it works. But my neighbor uh, is not able to really cut their grass. They don't, they've been trying to get people to come out there and cut their grass. And, and uh, I've enjoyed going out there a few times and to be able to cut his grass. And he's reached out to me a couple of times. He brought up church one time to me and I told him about our crazy situation. And then uh, he even reached out to me a couple Wednesday nights ago, and I was telling him about our community groups. And uh, I can tell they were a little standoffish about it. That was actually through message to each other, that part was. And I saw last Sunday that, that they ended up going to church, and they went to church somewhere else. Two things I want to say about that. Number one is I need to be excited wherever they went to church. And I need to pray that God would minister to them wherever they're going. Okay. Number two is that you, th let's think about it for a second, Jake. Why did anybody come to church with us this past year? 
You know, this time last year, people were saying, well, Garen's sitting down talking and meeting with people. God forbid, God forbid that I have a relationship with people, okay? And you want, to tell, you want me to tell you how many resources I have to be able to offer people? None. None. If I was a man of wealth, I could see that as a good argument. Like, you know, maybe Garen's going to offer them something, give them something, right? Uh, I, I have nothing to offer. This church really has nothing to offer. The only reason that the Lord brought people here this year is because of his spirit. The Lord has a way of bringing people here. And the reason I brought up me cutting my neighbor's grass, you would think I would have an inroads that he would want to come to my church, right? Because that's what Garen and his good deeds was maybe thinking, right? But he goes somewhere else. And I had a choice this week. Am I going to cut his grass again or say, you cut your own stinking grass? Right? And so the Lord was showing me, Garen, you don't have it inside of you, even if you had the ability, even if you had the resources to do it. The only reason people are going to show up and come is either I'm going to bring them or not. So we've got to pray, God, your will be done. God, if you want to bring people and change people's lives, you do it. Use me as a vessel. Maybe it'll be through cutting somebody's grass, and maybe it won't be. Just be the people that God wants us to be. And we're on the last verse, verse 14. So in, when he would not be persuaded, it says, we ceased and we cease saying, the will of the Lord be done. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, we need to seek the will of the Lord. Lord, whatever your will is, let it be done. Let it be done in my life. Things that I can't control and things that maybe I don't understand. Let the will be done. Let your will be done. So whenever I'm praying and a couple months down the road, I've made a decision. And a couple months down the road, I'm like, you know, did I make the right decision? I'm ready to pull the little bit of hair that I have out. Lord, what is your will still telling me? What are you showing me? Go back to what God was telling you then and look at it, examine it, see what God is trying to tell you now. Don't just go because of circumstances and things that are happening around you, good or bad. See what the Lord is wanting to tell you. And so I want to hopefully this message this morning encourage you in such a way that you would just say, Lord, I'm ready to just do what you want to do. God, I'm going to encourage I'm going to be encouraged in my relationship with you. I want to encourage other people. I pray other people encourage me. I want to be able to be doing these things, Lord God, so I can grow and be mature in you. Take your relationship. If you have a relationship this morning, take it serious. Take it serious. There's football players this morning, and we need to go so they can, we can watch the kickoff, right? All right? Amen. And those guys always talk about especially NBA guys, you hear it all the time, right, James Craft? Uh, they're talking about they want to work on their craft. You know, for us, your biggest craft is your relationship with the Lord. And it should be something personal to you that you're saying, you know what, I'm going to take it serious because it's that important to me and the Lord cares that much about it. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you so much, Lord God, for who you are. 
Lord, as the worship band comes up, Lord, and we just have this time of response, I pray that we would just really focus in on where we're at this morning. And I know we're looking inward, but I pray, Lord God, through the things that were said, through your reading of your word in this passage of scripture, as Paul was making his way to Jerusalem, he knew it was going to be tough. He knew it was going to be difficult. Even with with you through your spirit showing him this was going to happen to him in Jerusalem, he knew it was still your will to be done. He knew, Lord God, of all of these things that were happening, Lord God, was for the gospel, not just for his gain, but for the gain of the gospel. And Lord, I pray as we examine our hearts and lives that we take it personal this morning. Lord, what are you wanting to show me? Where do you want me to be? How do you want me uh, to grow and mature in you? Lord God, and when I'm faced with these tough things in my life, that with all the noise, even my own noise that's inside of my head, that I need to hear from you today. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Lord, if anybody needs to talk to me or share anything with me this morning, Lord God, I pray they would come and just take me by the hand this morning, Lord God, and we could pray together, talk together. But I pray, Lord God, at a a minimum, that we at least do business in our seats this morning, Lord God, as we take this time to worship you. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let me ask you to stand.